Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to This Week in Bitcoin. Today is January the 15th, 20. 21 strong hand long-term thinking bitcoin is the next bitcoin one bitcoin equals one bitcoin i'm offended by selling someone apparently this week all right have fun staying poor that was the theme of the week to say the the least remember if you got questions i got answers we all got answers you can type in bitcoin meister in there do a super chat and we'll try to get to your questions it is this week in bitcoin and we've got a great panel here surfer jim returns brandon Quinton returns. Hey, and Pirate Beach Bomb, you, you've seen this dude on Twitter all, all over the place. He's doing great things out there. Finally, I get to meet him uh, over the internet, not just on Twitter. We get to hear him. Oh, I am so excited. I mean, we should all be excited. The last time these, these two guys, because uh, Pirate hasn't been on the show, the last time these two guys were on the show, I mean, what was Bitcoin was a lot less than $20,000. Now we're at $35,000. 28 Bitcoin make you a freaking millionaire. Now, of course, you value your wealth in Bitcoin. But there are plenty of people that value, you know, they're, they're fiat freaks. So we're going to get into this fiat freak thing at first. And this week, um, Bitcoin, you know, last week we reached an all-time high. This week, you know, it, it quote-unquote crashed down to 30000 and then back to 35000 now. And there are people out there. It seems like these fudgers are coming out of the woodwork saying, oh, it's a bubble. This is, this is you know, this is a bad time. That we are we are living in a freaking golden age here. This is freaking unbelievable how high Bitcoin is right now. Yeah, we've got these naysayers out there. Now, are they excuse makers? Are they negative Nazis? Are are they just having fun staying poor? Because we got this article out here. I, I can't even believe it. I mean, and the guy's clearly going for clickbait. What, what is it here? Uh, the Bitcoin dream is dead. So this dude is basically saying that the Bitcoin, the, the dream was it for the, to be a currency. And because it's not a currency, you know, all this theoretical mumbo jumbo, because it's not his definition of a currency, it's dead. It's it's over with, it, you know, even though all, so many people have done so well, it's a store of value, it's, it's, it's gold 2.0. All right, enough. I've given you the intro to this week. What I felt came out of this week was a bunch of FUD and noise and all this Bernie Sanders, we're going to talk about Christine Lagarde. So let's start off with Brandon here. Um, have fun staying poor. What, what What's your thought on, on the overall FUD level of this this week? Is it shock? I mean, are we going to have to point up with this in 2021? Like when Bitcoin hits $100,000, are people going to say Bitcoin is dead? I mean, are, we're living in a backward world. I mean, I mean, there's it's interesting times to say the least. So Brandon, comment on the article or in the overall FUD level. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Super excited uh, to, to hang with you guys here today. Obviously, Bitcoin is uh, the center of most of our intellectual uh, time spent, so it's good to connect live. Um, quick first thoughts on the article. So this is the classic example of I want Bitcoin to be a currency, a peer-to-peer -peer currency like Satoshi wrote in the paper, uh, which, again, is just a misinterpretation of what this thing is. And, you know, they bring up all these points like high fees make it bad for a currency or when they compare transactions per day to credit card uh, transactions per day. Another misinterpretation. He claims many of the transactions are used for drugs. Um, you know, all this nonsense. And the net of his example, the net of his point is essentially saying that Bitcoin is too valuable. It's it's working too good as a store of value that it can't be a payments network anymore. And so let that sink in for a minute. The, the complaint is that it's working too well uh, to do this other money thing. So I, I consider this a complete nothing burger. I cannot believe it got so much attention. Um, it's a pathetic critique and the person wrote, read, writing it should be ashamed of themselves. And to bring it to the point of looking forward, like, are we going to have a lot of haters come out of the woodwork? And I think the answer is yes. And so once Bitcoin's price is rising, the people who are sort of triggered by Bitcoin, um, they're going to try to push back. And the reality is they don't really have much good FUD left. And I, I coined a term called the paradox of Bitcoin haters, which essentially says that it, it's sort of coming to the question of why don't we have good critiques of Bitcoin? And the paradox is that if you study Bitcoin long enough to actually formulate a good critique, you realize that uh, the inevitability of Bitcoin and you realize that you should just own some. And so all the haters who could have a good critique, 
they end up owning Bitcoin, which means you don't want to you don't want to try to critique it uh, in these cheap shot ways anymore. So that's my two cents. All right, that's a, that's a pretty good explanation of why we're getting this regurgitated fud because it's regurgitated fud, <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I, there's there's it's some of the, the stuff that's calling it a bubble again. It's I mean, I, I heard it 2013, 2017. I I I ignore it most of the time, but it, this week was a week it was just right in your face. All right, so uh, pirate. Before the show, you were saying this sounded like a Bcash person. <laughs> yeah, it, it sort of does. Like, if this the guy, why does the guy just get on Bcash? Okay, sorry. You, you take it away, pirate. Oh, Welcome. When I read that article, like it just it reminded me like of of Roger Ver's talking points, and it seemed very coordinated. Like just and also just from working um, on the back end as an editor, and you know, for Bitcoin articles. I used to see these articles that would come in and like I would just kick them out because they were just so disingenuous um, and, and what they were trying to do. And in that article in particular, uh, to me, like I just I don't understand why it got so much play. I mean, it was a Medium article and then they put the title on Twitter, which we know there's 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 some incestualness between those two. So it was just it's a strange article. But the overall FUD that we're seeing, I it just seems to me like this always comes up. You have people who want to get their name out and just like be popular. Then you just have people who like I like this article that we read. I think that was a disingenuous article by someone who just has an axe to grind against Bitcoin. And then the other FUD that we're seeing too is I think um, regulators, um, governments and regulators are also pushing out their FUD because now they're like, oh shit, here, here it comes again. Now we're going to have to do something. So they're kind of setting the tone for what they want to do. But overall, I mean what would we want? Would we want Bitcoin to be boring? I mean, I don't care. Like FUD is a good thing. It means cheap Bitcoin and it means that, that Bitcoin is actually working um, and that, you know, it's going to provide an opportunity for some people to buy some cheap Bitcoin and we'll move right through this. All right. Pound that like button, everybody. Surfer Jim, your time to take over. Oh, okay. Uh, well, if you're a writer um, and you're going to write a piece on something if you don't know all the facts it doesn't take very long to do a couple hours worth of internet research and he could have found out that this is pretty much word for word a copy of a hundred other articles that have been written over the last 10 years come on it's a joke really because it's the same exact fun uh, it's not fast enough it's not this it's not that and so that really does make it silly in 2021 that this kind of an article can get this much attention. But I think the FUD's always gonna be there because we go through waves of adoption and the new people have to go through it. They have to learn about, oh, okay, the speed of the transaction is not the most critical aspect or any other metric that somebody wants to look at. So, um, you know, there's always gonna be somebody who's got something else to gain by bashing Bitcoin. They certainly don't own it if they're bashing Bitcoin. So they're they're in it for some other reason so it's never going to go away it's it's pretty silly and uh anybody listening to this broadcast or or reading any of these articles or anything just do a couple hours of research you'll find you'll find the right information it doesn't take that long to get the, the truth out of this system i think he i mean he it got so much play because he made a great clickbait headline i mean that it said bitcoin is dead and it's like mm -hmm. I, I think to the bitcoiners like we think like Okay, we, we, we've got a site that actually says, you know, the Bitcoin obituary site. You think that there are not going to be any ones added to the obituary site when it's going from freaking 20,000 to 40,000 in like uh, less than a month. <laughs> but but there's a new one. It, it's, it's unbelievable. So the, the broader theme of the week for me uh, is uh, have fun staying poor. And there have been people that have asked me about that saying, you know, um, is it obnoxious? And I, I don't think it is obnoxious. I think it's necessary. It, you, you need a simple reply to some of the nonsense that's out there. So people, so newbies can see like, well, wait a second, a, a, am I going to just, you know, talk theoretical talk and not better myself? Or a, a, am I going to like walk the walk and, uh, you know, and, and, and do something, be in motion. So I, I want to get you guys, uh, Jim, your take on, on, on the saying the overall ethos of having have fun staying poor. What's your take on it? What's your uh, what's the meaning of it for you? Uh, basically, the idea that um, when you tell somebody to have fun staying poor, what you're basically saying to them is, um, I hope you can look back one day and enjoy the fact that you were unwilling to change your paradigm because there's new information every day in the world. 
And if you're not willing to consider some new information once in a while, you're going to get the results of that, uh, that in, un unwillingness to look at something new. Because ultimately, if you ignore Bitcoin, you are going to be poorer than you would have otherwise been. So we hope that you're going to have fun in that paradigm. Otherwise, take a look because it might be worth it. Actually, it will be worth it. Yeah. Uh, and with, with this recent fun out there, these funsters, I mean, are, are they blind? Are, are they not seeing that, you know, if you bought it, it this uh, spring or fall or whatever, you it's amazing that the wealth, you know, people's wealth it, it have increased quite a bit. Their lives have changed. Uh, Brandon, what's your what's it mean to you that saying? Yeah, a couple points here. So number one, um, people think that this is offensive and I understand why it does sound offensive, but there's so many deeper meanings here, like some that were just mentioned. And um, I think that part of the fact that it's so offensive is actually useful. It, it is a jarring thing to see and read. And although some people's feelings might hurt, it probably will force them to understand why. And so I think that's sort of like a sneaky way to be useful. Another thing is, um, Bitcoiners feel vindicated right now. We just survived another bear market. We were we were talked down upon for years. We were made fun of for years. And now the price is going up. And so we're having fun right now staying rich and we're having fun dunking on the haters. And so this is going to get much, much worse for the haters. Number one, you, they don't really have any good critiques anyway, so they deserve to be dunked on. But if you can't handle us at 20K or 40K, good luck at 100K, 500K at a million. So more is coming. And my final point here is, um, actually, I just want to rewind a second. The last point made that it, it's so important. The paradigm is shifting. And if you don't change your opinion in the face of new evidence, that's going to be a problem. That's not just in Bitcoin. That's in everything. And so just want to underline that previous point. And then lastly, um, I think the best part about this is Satoshi actually had a message board post where he said, if you don't believe it or don't get it, I don't have time to try to convince you. Sorry. And so have fun staying poor is essentially the uber condensed version of that same sentiment where it's like, hey, this thing's happening. And if you, if you can't be bothered to educate yourself, that's on you. And I agree with that. That's a good, a, a very, very good point. Uh, I, I want to say to everyone, be proud of having a strong hand all this time. Be proud. Of, scream it to the, the rooftops. You were patient. You were not impulsive. You were a long-term thinker. Deferral of gratification. We, we should be happy and, and, and should invite others to this mindset to change their ways, to not be impulsive. All right. Let's, uh, let, let's go to, uh, to Pirate, your, your take on have fun staying for it. Um, have fun staying poor for me is it's just an easy way to to just reply to somebody uh, that I don't agree with um, so I don't have to even waste my breath now some of some of you are nicer than me like I'm not here to 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 convince you about Bitcoin if you don't want to get it that's fine but like I'm not gonna argue with you about it and so it's really nice to have that saying like my favorite saying is no and have fun staying poor. Um, have fun staying poor is a little bit more snarky and adds a little more to it. But, um, you know, I did like what Brandon said. It, it, right now we're having fun dunking on the haters because we've been doubted, we've been kicked, and we've been talked talked bad about for a long time. Like we're just crazy. And now we're watching Bitcoin reach new all-time highs. And, yeah, like anybody who wants to have an opinion, you know, all I, all I can say to them is have fun stay, staying poor. Yeah, it saves a lot of time on Twitter. I always encourage people, don't get into these long Twitter debates with these people, with all this theoretical stuff. And, and it, just leave that one comment and go, go, or say no, just just like you said. Hey, Adam, can I interrupt? Have you seen any of these threads where somebody will just start with an H and then yes. the entire word, have fun staying poor, by one person in a line perfectly, and it happens over and over. We are like relentless as a group. It's pretty funny. It is hilarious. So it leaves an H, then you got an A, a B. I mean, it's immediate. Other people add to it. I, I've seen it happen quite a few times. So that's a fun little aspect of Twitter. You know, not everybody's the biggest Twitter fan these days because of various things that are going on. But all right, let's <laughs> – I, I just want to leave it on one quick fun note. I linked to an old video of mine from December of 2018 where I, I actually talk about the FUD that will be coming out in 2021. 
And uh, when and I say, you know, 2021 Bitcoin's going to be doing great. So what what kind of new FUD will people come up with to like try to bring Bitcoin down? And I, I actually say that people will say, well, in theory, aliens could come to Earth and have better technology than us and hack Bitcoin. So that hasn't actually come true yet. But hey, 2021 is long. I'm not I'm saying I'm not saying aliens are coming to Earth. I'm saying it would not shock, shock me if some of these buzzers say, well, what if aliens came to Earth and uh, hack Bitcoin? That and that that'll convince some people, the, the quantum people that'll that'll like kind of confirm them like, oh, you see, aliens are going to bring, bring quantum uh, technology. So I shouldn't buy Bitcoin. Have fun staying poor with your aliens and your quantum technology. All right. So moving on to uh, an alien of sort. Uh, Bernie Sanders is in charge of the, uh, the the budget committee in the Senate. OK. And this is something um, he's been around uh, Washington for quite some time. And his uh, left extreme left leaning uh, policies have been known very clear for, for a long time. So if you would have said in uh, 2012, even, that Bernie Sanders will be in charge of the budget committee of the Senate, uh, people would say, well, that's a nightmare. I mean, how is that even possible to have someone of that political persuasion uh, so far left be in charge of the budget? I mean, what, what's going to happen to the dollar here? What's and, and Biden wants a $2 trillion relief package. So, I mean, hand in hand, Senate and the president, Congress all working together. It's pretty clear what is about to happen here. Yet we still have people that say that yeah, Bitcoin, uh, it's it's speculative. I mean, the dollar is freaking speculative at this at this point. So uh, we'll start with the uh, pirate. Uh, what's your take on Bernie Sanders being in charge of the, the Senate uh, Budget Committee and uh, Biden and his uh, two trillion dollar relief package? What does this mean for Bitcoin? Well, okay, so so Bernie Sanders is like the fox in the hen house. You know what I mean? He's 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 going to print a lot of money. He loves to spend money, um, and to me, it just it's it just means inflation's going to go up, and they'll use whatever monetary tools they can to manipulate it so it doesn't look like inflation is going up. But how does that? you know, how's that compute for Bitcoin? It's great. We're going to see a lot more companies, um, you know, follow the, the Michael Saylor, uh, playbook. Uh, we're going to watch, a, you know, watch a lot of head funds, uh, head more hedge funds um, jumping in. So to me, it makes me even just more bullish on, on Bitcoin. Um, it, it, on other, you know, being, a, being someone that lives in the United States, I'm a little bit worried, but I mean, Bitcoin is our, Bitcoin's our FU money. And, mm -hmm. and that's why we, that's why we're drawn to it. So I, you know, uh, the good thing is, is in four years, this will end. And the last four years ended pretty quickly. So we'll hopefully by that time, you know, Bitcoin will be even worth more money. Four years. Remember, people, value your time in halvings. I don't care about presidential elections. Halvings, baby. That's that is going to be exciting. Strong hand for the 2024 halving. I mean, that's less than four years. It does go by fast. Enjoy every moment of it, by the way, people. All right, uh, Brandon. Uh, your your take on uh, Bernie Sanders? Are, are we is, is UBI UBI is clearly on the table. <laughs> uh, but what, what's your take on this uh, wild financial situation, leftist financial situation? Yeah, to be honest, none of this is surprising. Um, I, I'm surprised it's only 1.9 or 2 trillion. I think that's probably just the Q1 stimulus. I, I foresee. Uh, very, very heavy-handed UBI within 24 months, as in pretty much everyone gets direct deposit checks. I think that's pretty much inevitable. And the fact that the the blue team has all the, the political offices right now will make that very expedient. And yeah, and I think we're going to be in this bidding war of which president will give you more money. And in the short term, people will accept it and people will think they have more money. And in the long term, it will destroy the dollar. Um, and so, yeah, no surprise there. What I'm optimistic about is the last time, um, the last two times they gave out stimulus checks, there was massive pumps in Bitcoin. And you saw anecdotal evidence, like Coinbase said, they had the most uh, 12, exactly $1,200 buys in the history, like an anomaly. So clearly smart people were dumping that check into Bitcoin. I think the same thing is going to happen with any future stimulus. And uh, one quick stat. So anyone who did plow that $1,200 directly into Bitcoin, that $1,200 is now worth $6,500. It's up 440%. So um, if you're listening and you get a stimulus check, you know what to do. All right. And again, we're at a point now, 28 Bitcoin make you a freaking millionaire, people. But people would rather have their uh, $2,000 checks than Bitcoin. I don't know. Uh, it's what they're fed. They're, they, they regurgitate what they're fed. All right. Uh, 
Jim, your, your take on this. Uh, yeah, basically the other guys covered it pretty well. You know, as they print more money, it really only helps Bitcoin because smart people recognize the long-term effect. The people in charge of the money or the ones that believe they should just keep printing lots of it and hand it out, I don't, I don't think they're really knowledgeable enough about the long-term effects. I think some of them have a large amount of hubris and believe that they know what they're doing or that they just know better than the rest of us. Who knows? Uh, the long-term effects, though, it's pretty well written in history already. Fiat currencies all trend to zero eventually. And as they print more of it, they're just speeding up the process. And those that sit in fiat currencies, the U.S. dollar included, long enough are going to feel the pain um you know those of us who see the reality of it uh, more and more people over time are seeing this are moving uh some if not all of their wealth into the best money on the planet which is bitcoin which is not going to get deflated away uh through overprinting from a small group of people so it's just going to increase the you know i didn't see it coming i didn't see the virus coming i didn't see any of this stuff coming uh you know the world has been turned upside down in the last year uh, but uh, with Bernie in charge of the money, yeah, it's just going to speed things up. So uh, I guess I'm not really against it. Uh, you know, I'm a Bitcoiner, so uh, the faster it happens, I guess, the better for for us. So yeah, yeah, it, it's uh, it's sad that it's come to this. Um, again, you know, morally, it's it's crazy to to be printing all this money. Okay, uh, I would say no, don't don't do this, but they're doing it, and so. I, you know, evaluate the situation. It's good for me because I do, I know not to value my wealth in dollars. So it's a good way. It's a good advertisement for smart people to get out of the dollar. I think, I think we can interpret it that way, but for people that just watch TV, uh, it's, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be really happy to get a $2,000 check or maybe a $2,000 check every month. So Jim, I, I know you're, you're great at onboarding new people. You, yeah. You've given out cards. I mean, to people, the, to you know, telling them about Bitcoin. What? How? How are these? How are the masses going to come into Bitcoin, or or are the hordes going to come into Bitcoin? We do have some new people coming in now because they've heard about it on the news. But what are some good ways in 2021 to get uh, people into, into into Bitcoin here, or should we even try? Uh, I think it's to everyone's advantage for those of us who know what we're doing to onboard people with truth and so there is a ton of great websites your podcast is one that i highly recommend brandon's articles i wrote an article that a lot of people seem to like uh, comparing real estate to bitcoin uh the business cards that you referred to that i hand out i just put a lot of links to different random bitcoin stuff on there so people can go home pull it out of their pocket and go online and find some facts that'll that'll point them in the right direction and uh, because so many people still need to learn about this, it's, it's kind of um, incumbent upon us if we care and if they care, if they want to know, uh, to steer them in the right direction. So that's, that's where I put my effort. Um, I try to debunk any FUD that I hear and just, uh, you know, I'm willing to discuss it with anybody who's willing to discuss it in a fair way, ask me reasonable questions and give me time to answer them. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that don't want to do that. They just want to cut corners and they want to believe what they want to believe. And you got to, you got to pick and choose. You don't want to get waste too much time, but I think it, it helps if we give some people our time and steer them in the right direction. But yeah. and the thing is, Adam, there's more and more content every day and you do have to weed through it. Us guys that have been around for a number of years, I can point to enough sources that anything from that source is worth listening to. And that's what we need to do. And there's hundreds of sources. So, so I, I want to remind everyone, this is where the big boys play, okay? So what we've got going on is the, the retail investor I see out there, the normie, really does get caught up in getting their free money and, and spending it. And, whatever, and if the media says it's Bitcoin is scary, they believe it. But what's happened over the last, I guess, six months since the summer is these institutions, they don't buy any of this noise, okay? That article that came out, they laugh at it, all right? They, the FUD is not affecting uh, the dudes that are in charge of these uh, institutions. And guys like Sailor, guys like GBTC, they are clearly getting into this. And, and I think they're laughing their backsides off at all the FUD that might be sort of suppressing the price. They think they're getting a beautiful deal. And I think what we're going to end up with is that a lot of people are going to say, well, how did the rich get richer? Well, the rich got richer because they have strong hands and they are not affected by all this noise. So... 
Um, and they're onboarding themselves. They don't need like someone to hold their hand or anything like that. So it's it's very it's very interesting times that we live in uh, because the opportunity is out there for anyone. But I mean, what's clear is that you know even though you pay, there are plenty of people that are buying on PayPal. And yes, eToro has run out of a Bitcoin, and, and th those are good signs. Those are good signs for the regular Joe. But I, I just got I got to tell you, man. Uh, this has been uh, inst institutional, you know, the last six months. That that that's clearly one of the big reasons the the, the price has been pumped. So I went I went off on a, a little tangent there. I know Brandon, you wanted to talk about the onboarding uh, the the uh, onboarding the masses, if it's possible. Yeah. So I, a couple of points here. First off, my personal inbound has been blowing up like crazy the last few weeks. I'm I'm having five conversations a day at least. Many new people buying Bitcoin, walking them through all the steps. It's a lot of time. And I sort of feel like a used Bitcoin salesman at this point. That's like my part-time job. And I think it's also our duty uh, to do this and to help the new coiners, you know, just the basic stuff, avoid trading, avoid all coins, not your keys, not your coins. Why Bitcoin matters sort of as a, for the humanity versus just the individual. I think both matter. And I think I've done a lot of posting on my personal Facebook in the last six months. And I think that's where probably 80% of the inbounds coming from. And I think that sends a good message to Bitcoiners who we mostly spend our time on Twitter because that's where all the Bitcoiners are. But the majority of the world is not on Twitter. And I think platforms like Facebook, even though I don't personally enjoy being on there, I think it does actually uh, address a new market that needs to hear about it. And a second new market I've been spending a lot of time on this week actually is Clubhouse, which is new. They're slowly letting people in, but it's essentially an audio platform. And I'm getting exposed to an entirely new demographic of people. And I've been spending five hours a day every day this whole week on there answering questions for noobs. And there are hordes of new people coming in at the very beginning, and they're curious. And my final point here is that Bitcoin has historically grown in these four-year cycles. And so the bear market's quiet. Um, very few new people come in. And then when the price comes up, all of a sudden there's all this attention and, and new people flock in. And that's sort of our opportunity as the existing hodler base to onboard these new folks, teach them the basics. And essentially we're capturing market share when it's easy. And that's because the price is rising. Totally normal. We're all uh, looking to better ourselves in life. So the price goes up and yeah, let's put our foot on the gas pedal and capture as many of these noobs and help them out. Clubhouse. Now, uh, I, I just said on my show the other day, there's only, I can only spread myself so thin with all these social media platforms. So these, this is just, what exactly is it? Uh, I, I'm looking it up right now. Uh, it's people leave messages. What, what is Clubhouse? Yeah, so you essentially have a, a small profile and the, the main format of content is a audio room. So, for example, we could all start a room together and we would be considered moderators. And then other people can just drop in on our room and they're considered listeners. And as moderators, um, you can essentially invite people up to share. Um, you can raise your hand and then you can invite them up. And you're just having real time live conversations and huge names pop up. Like uh, Andreas popped in our room yesterday for half hour. Nick Carter came this morning and answered some Tether FUD questions. Um, Dead Mouse, I was in a room with Dead Mouse this morning, a, a music musician. Eric Weinstein's in there. And it's essentially just like the most intimate, audio is the most intimate way for humans, I think. And yeah, you just build trust quickly. You have real dialogue. And we're watching people know nothing about Bitcoin, pop into a room, stay there every day for five days and be like, yeah, I have my Bitcoin on a, on a ledger now. I'm, I'm dollar cost averaging. And so it's pretty special. And I'm finding myself going there over podcasts, which is very surprising to me because I love podcasts. Hmm, very, very interesting here. I'll, I'll have to uh, look a little bit when I have some time. Look, look into this. Hey, sub Canada Hoddle says, Bitcoin Meister, what is the minimum amount a no-coiner should stack? Well, let me tell you something. I've been doing this, these shows since 2013. The name of my show has changed over time. I think my daily show, the name of the show changed in about 2016 to The One Bitcoin Show. So I was telling people, and maybe it was 2017, for quite some time, just make that simple one you, what you aim for at first a, a, as a no-coiner, okay? So now it's it's quite expensive. At first, you know, it was $1,000, $1,200, $700, whatever it was. So I, I just – it's a nice, round, easy number. It's the name of my show, 
What is the minimum amount of no corners? One, they should aim high for one. Now, now it's aiming high, uh, but just more than zero. I mean, more get off zero is is like the most important thing out there. But aim for that one, and once you get that one, then go for two. I mean, there have been people before we got up to forty thousand dollars. I mean, there were people that were contacting me like, I just got my second one, man, and you know, I was so happy for them. So, let uh, pirate, you haven't uh, spoken for a while. Sorry, I. Uh, your take on, on newbies and onboarding and, and everything we've been talking about. Yeah, this, this last couple months has been quite crazy with just, you know, the typical family and friends and text blowing up, but then also too on my Twitter, just people asking questions. Um, and it's good. I, I, I do agree. We all have to kind of chip in and, and help people down the path um, and at least guide them in the right the right direction. Um, although that's kind of scary because you get, you get five people in a room and there's probably like 10 different directions <laughs> they're going to push people in. Um, but I do think right now uh, we are seeing an incredible influx of people, which is great. But the one big thing that I've seen is a lot of my friends who were kind of dabblers, you know, maybe they had a couple thousand bucks or here and there, they're making bigger moves. Um, you know, like wanting to drop, you know, 50, 50 K hundred K into Bitcoin, which like, for me to hear that from just a no coiner, just be like, I'm ready to do it. Should I do it now? And I'm like, well, I don't want to be the guy to tell you when to spend your money like that. But <laughs> here's a couple things that you should take into consideration <laughs> before you make that decision. But I do think it's uh, we are seeing a, a, a big influx of people. And I also think that that's partially why we're seeing a lot of the FUD as well. But at, Bitcoin's one of those kind of things is you got to get in and you've got to you've got to invest and learn a little bit and watch it and 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 get your get your confidence up and then you until you're willing to put in more money but um at th this is the kind of game where you know i don't think we're going to see what we saw in 2018 um you know i don't think we're going to see what we saw in 2019 i think i think uh we're in uncharted territory and so there's no there's no there's no better time than right now to to get your feet wet now you're the second guy i don't want to misinterpret you but we, we had Anders, or maybe you're the third guy now that's been on my show that does doesn't anticipate a, a bear market uh, in uh, 2022. Am I am I misinterpreting? Because you said you didn't foresee a 2018 and 2019. No, that, I, I mean, yeah. Let me let me let me. So the way that I feel is that those markets were led by like. I don't want to say there weren't whales there, but there was a lot less whales, um, and there was a lot of little hodlers that were coming through, and and so when that money washed out, it was like there was a lot of weak hands that that that, that money washed way back further than I ever expected it to. But we all stayed in, and and this time I feel like we've just have bigger bigger fish in the game or bigger whales in the game like the Michael Saylors um, like some of these big institutions that have huge holdings so that when it does wash back we may lose one or two of them but I don't think we're going to lose our footing like we lost in 2018 so yeah we might see a little bit of bearish time but I don't think it's going to be as aggressive as what we've seen in the past and and again I, I'm the first one to say when any of us are talking, I'm guessing. I'm, I mean, I'm speculating off of all the research I've done, but I'm guessing just like anyone else. So don't hold me, don't hold me over the coals if I'm wrong. <laughs> well, I, hey, man, you're putting it all out there, which is great. I say uh, 2022, it will crash down to $60,000. That, that's, that's a great crash. So that, oh, puts no. it in, that, oh, no. that puts it in perspective, people. We're not even to the point. Where it's going to crash down to in the future that that's that's my that's what i'm saying at least okay uh panel members before we move on anyone else have anything to say about you know we just said a lot um i thought maybe some, okay um yeah i've got something to say regarding is this time going to be different please. and I, I think the answer is yes and we always think that and so i'm careful to make these statements because you know this time is different it's sort of like a yeah you always get your butt handed to you when you think that but here's a couple things i see that are different um one in 27 so two things one the narrative has shifted like what is bitcoin investors understand it differently and also the world around it changed so in 2017 the narrative was people were buying bitcoin most people as a path pass through to invest in ICOs because there was this idea that a blockchain was the end all be all general purpose technology and most people were flooding into that. Bitcoin was widely misunderstood. It was mocked. Today, 
Bitcoin is widely understood. The content's better. People know uh, it's a store value asset first and foremost. And that's enough to bring Bitcoin to 500 to a million, simply that narrative without anything else other than a store value asset. Um, simultaneously, the, the environment around Bitcoin changed tremendously from 2017 to 2020. Um, this starts with things like the COVID pandemic, the response to that, um, never ending money printer going burr, et cetera. But what that did is it sort of woke everybody up and we're starting to reevaluate who are our friends, where are we living, what's our money doing, everything's being reevaluated. And that's from the individual level um, and also the corporation level with things like Michael Saylor, Square, Mass Mutual, the long list of folks there. And also countries are starting to think about this a little bit differently. And so we're starting to see um, states competing for um, uh, people to come for Bitcoin. You're starting to see uh, nations mining, you're starting to see all this kind of stuff. And so, yeah, essentially the world changed and now we actually need Bitcoin. Uh, much more people need Bitcoin for the first time ever and they're starting to realize that. And so how does this play out in terms of a downside? I actually don't think we'll see anything close to an 80% downside. And if we do, it would last a couple months. Like, you know, we might blow off to 900K and you know, come back down to 300 or something like that. But I don't see any extended bear markets because smart buyers are on the sideline and they like discounts. So any big dip, the value, the value proposition didn't change. And I think big money will scoop up those dips. Yeah, the big money has been scooping up. They clearly been scooping up the dips that have been uh, the small dips that we've seen. Uh, while although, I mean, while we cans out there are like, oh, well, you, you dropped 10,000. All right. Uh, pound that like button, everyone. Uh, I want to say that, you know, we, we're talking about, I was going to ask about predictions, but so I, I ask a specific prediction to everybody. We'll start here. Um, what, what, what do you think? Uh, it, will this be the year that a country announces that it, it's, it's buying Bitcoin? Brandon. I think yes. Um, but I don't think it will be any large corporation or country. I'm expecting a micro nation or a rogue state to come out and, and say it publicly. Um, I think it, I think what might actually already be happening is Venezuela and Iran. I assume that they both are actually accumulating, um, but you kind of have to sift through the news there. And so I would not be surprised by, let's say 365 days from now, a tier three nation says we're putting Bitcoin on the balance sheet. And it's very important. There's a big difference in doing it secretly and so we did it. Because once one of them says they did it, then the other country is going to have to, you know, compete at that point. Um, I, I think that will be huge. So I, I don't know if that, that announcement will be made this year or not. I hope it is. How about you, Jim? What do you think? Do you think uh, this is the year that a country announces it? Well, uh, it, you you segue perfectly into that because the entire discussion is leading in this direction. Uh, it's going to happen whether it happens this year or not. It's going to be the um, a reoccurring feedback loop that is Bitcoin only on a larger scale. And the pullbacks that you talked about in the last segment, I think they'll be smaller uh, percentage wise, dollar wise, they'll be bigger. I mean, I see a thousand dollar drop in an hour all the time now. And I think, holy crap, we waited weeks for a thousand dollar or months for a thousand dollar move years ago. So obviously uh, the scale of things is going to change, but there's so many people left that have to learn even really wealthy people that are just now starting to wait a minute. Do I really need to look at this? Ah, you know, older people that don't want to be bothered, you know, moving into the future. There's a lot of resistance, but as it goes up and as it pulls back and then people scoop it up, it's just a re I just don't think the big pullbacks are going to be the same. And when they are big money will, will, will pick up just like every time I see a dip, and I go another couple hundred dollars, somebody else is going to go a couple million dollars on a dip because they can easily do the couple million and it'll just support the price up until it just keeps going through 10 million someday and who knows where. So yeah, that's my overall take on the whole thing. All right, pirate. Uh, it, will, will there be a country making an announcement this year? I think so. I think we've actually heard some soft announcements from, uh, you know, some of these rogue states that are, that are sanctioned against like Iran and, and uh, North Korea and Venezuela. Um, I think that um, it's only a matter of time become, before they become more public about it. Um, and I mean, look what's going on in Miami right now. Like, yeah. I mean, the, the, you know, the, the city of Miami wants to put money in Bitcoin, which I think is genius. I, I watched that little clip of um, the mayor. I think, was he the mayor? Um, yes. I mean, he was so well 
outspoken. And, and I mean, he's speaking the language of Bitcoin and talk about, you know, you want to get people excited, uh, you know, warm weather and a Bitcoin friendly city, like, please sign me up. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up because we we're going to talk about that. Obviously, I am in Miami. Coincidentally, uh, I picked this city to be in and I've already decided to extend my stay here until March the 24th. It is people here are quite free. People are out in the streets. It's like a normal place. I mean, again, we're, we've been living through some interesting times where a lot of cities are depressed. I mean, New York is a disgrace now. It's, you know, it, it, they were supposed to be the bravest people on, on the planet and everything. And they're all locked down. But here in Miami is what New York should, was at one point. I mean, it is vibrant. It is awesome. So I coincidentally, this mayor, the Winklevi, come visit the mayor. And he's all saying this is going to be a crypto city or a Bitcoin city, whatever you want to say. And good, he's in motion. He he's not scared of anything, and I love it. And it's linked to below. So you, I, I guess, uh, pirate, you just gave your your take on that. Anything else that you you, you want to add commentary on that video? And uh, do, do do you see maybe this will be a wake up call for some other cities too? Well, I don't know. the only comment that I have is we're starting to see more and more of this. You, I mean, we saw a huge push in about with Wyoming. You know, um, you know, in the last couple of years, um, and you're starting to see more states be a lot more Bitcoin friendly. And I think the states that are smart enough to be Bitcoin friendly, as well as fiscally smart enough to put their cash balance, if they have any cash balance on, on into Bitcoin. Um, I mean, these are cities that are going to, that are going to reap the benefits of the fiscal benefits of, of, of a sovereign currency. That's, that's not going to be devalued like, like the U S dollar is right now. So I think this is just the beginning and it's, and hopefully we'll just see more and more people fall into line. Again, it's, it's, and it's a little bit beyond Miami because Florida is just a, it's a free state. Florida has been doing great during this entire situation. So it's no shock to me that, uh, uh, the, the first city that wants to be a crypto city is uh, is Miami now, uh, and it's beautiful. I mean, it's the best of everything here. I gotta say, I'm loving it. Wyoming's cold, and I wish them all the luck in the world. There, she's doing great things over there, Caitlin and, and everybody. It's it's great. All right, uh, uh, so we we've got a guy from the New York region up there. A lot of a lot of people, uh, surfer Jim, love to come down to Florida from New York and New Jersey. What's your take on Miami? Uh, that, that video that I sent out. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, like you said, it's only a matter of time. Municipalities, government agencies of all, at all levels are going to, you know, what, what is a government? It's just people. And people are going to get it at all levels of life in every occupation. People get it and they go, wait a minute, we got we to gotta do something about this. So now you got a mayor in charge of a city and he probably either owns Bitcoin himself or he's going to very soon. And then realizes, well, if it's good for me, maybe it's good for the city I'm supposed to be in charge of here, and maybe we should look into it. And that's just a natural progression. Uh, you got Cynthia Lummis from uh, Wyoming, you know, the first uh, woman senator from that state who owns Bitcoin and understands it. And, of course, she's going to be talking to all her colleagues. And one by one, each individual human being is going to understand the value. And in their role as a uh, public servant, some of them want to do good. And, uh, you know, they're going to push it forward to the best of their ability. And over time, as generations change, as more knowledge comes out, as Bitcoin uh, gets further into the future and shows its resiliency and its, its value, it's just an inevitable path. It's going to happen eventually. All right. Brandon, your take on Miami. Yeah, I think this is actually a, a really important step on the path to um, our governmental units treating us more like customers instead of citizens who are stuck. And so based on transitioning to the Internet, um, our money is in our head, um, all these trends of, of essentially uploading humanity to the Internet, that what that essentially does is it decreases the requirement to live in any specific place. And so essentially we're all becoming more mobile. And this is really good because now we see cities competing, states competing, countries competing. They all want our business. And when the companies are competing for our business, that means we win as the customers. So I think it's overall extremely positive. Um, COVID kicked off a mass migration amongst the wealthy elites as well. So um, they're moving all over the world and a enterprising uh, young mayor wants to attract that capital. He's doing a fantastic job. Um, and also with the states, like... I, 
we have Wyoming, obviously, with the special purpose banking depository institution banking license. They're trying to bring crypto people in. Kentucky just said um, there's no tax on Bitcoin miners in their state. And so we're starting to see this thing. And I actually tweeted yesterday saying uh, the first state to put Bitcoin on their balance sheet will become so wealthy that they can uh, eliminate income tax. They can have better infrastructure. Um, they can offer better benefits to people who live there. And so there's a huge incentive to do this. It's similar to Norway's sovereign wealth fund, where they essentially have a ton of oil. Um, they just collect the oil and put a bunch of money in the bank. So now Norway as a state has nearly infinite money, which allows them to provide uh, good services for their citizens. Um, and so, yeah, I think the next step after states will be countries. And we mentioned this prior, but mining Bitcoin is, is a national security threat. And the states just don't know it yet. And yeah, okay, at Bitcoin at 40K, it's not actually a national security threat. But if Bitcoin continues, mining will be. And so I, I see that becoming a massive industry um, and for good reason. All right. Uh, yeah. One of these uh, United States, if they I don't I don't know if any of the 50 states have the cojones to do what you said, to basically do what, what MicroStrategy did. Uh, I, I hope so, because that that state will become there will be. Yeah, they, they'll be able to run their uh, state. They won't need any help from the federal government, any bailouts or any, anything like that. Uh, well, what we're, we're talking about a creative uh, bureaucrats and creative governments. Let's go to uh, the opposite. Uh, Christine Lagarde. Uh, she wants to have a global regulation on, on Bitcoin. The, the European Central Bank head. Oh, technocrat, technocrats. All right, uh, Brandon, what's what's your take on uh, Christine Lagarde? Is it just noise? For me, I, I, I just I just ignore it. I mean, there's really nothing she can do, but it does freak a lot of people out and it gets the fudsters really happy. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I don't have a lot to say on this. Uh, I would just say, like, screw the banking class. They're out of touch. They're they're full of it. Uh, she was charged. I don't remember the exact thing she was charged for, but she essentially just got off. And her quote was after she's charged for, I think it's some sort of money laundering. It was a big deal. And what she said was there comes a point in time when one has to stop, turn the page, move on and continue to work with those who have put their trust in me. She's essentially saying the rules don't apply to me. I'm voted in. I'm the emperor and do as I say. And she has the the cojones to attack Bitcoin for money laundering. Uh, that is hilarious. That's all I have. Yeah. Uh, the, well, that, they, they, leaders can get away with it. They uh, they actually they attack people for things that they they in fact have done uh, in the in the past. So. Uh, Jim, your, your take on Christine Lagarde and uh, wanting a worldwide regulation for Bitcoin or something? Uh, ooh, um, I'll be blunt. I'll, I'll be polite. Um, we have some people on the planet that are adults, and they were little babies in diapers just like the rest of us. And they found their way in positions of power. That power is supported by people with guns. Those people with guns are paid with money created by the people in power. So as you can see, it's a self-fulfilling feedback loop. It's uh, it's like you know the old Italian mafia that would come into a neighborhood and uh, would be in charge of the neighborhood, and the neighbors didn't really have a choice. Uh, and by the way, you have to contribute. Uh, so you know there's a little bit of extortion involved, but we'll we'll take care of you along the way. It's okay. And that's all this group of people is. Every government at every level and central bankers that pull the strings are just other people. And the only reason they get away with it is because they control the money. And now that's going to change. The money is no longer in control of a single group of people. It's run by math. And anybody's allowed to join the system. You don't need an email. You don't have to sign up with anybody. You could just own Bitcoin and be part of the new monetary system of the world that's going to revolutionize everything. And these parasites that I call them that are controlling the money and stealing the productivity of everybody on the planet, shifting it upward to them and their friends, they're going to lose in the long run. The generation of two from now, they will be non-existent. And the people that are living on the planet at that time should experience a world of happiness and prosperity that humanity has never seen before. Um, I hope I'm around for some of it, but uh, I think it might happen a little bit past my lifetime, but that's okay. I want to help make it happen. So I'm here to do the best I can to see that fulfilled in future generations. Buy that life extension technology. May it come out <laughs> soon so we can – Bitcoiners will be first in line for that stuff. I know I, I, I'm very interested in that. All right, uh, Christine Lagarde, your, your take there, uh, Mr. Pirate. Yeah, you know, 
I think she always kind of speaks up every every time Bitcoin kind of starts <laughs> to starts to roll a little bit. But you know, I think it all comes from arrogance. Um, like this is like this. I consider her not a ruling class, but like that elitist kind of mentality of of like I, you know, you can't you can't tell her how it's going to be, and so she she wants to dictate to everyone how it's going to be and what they don't understand is that you know bitcoin is censorship resistance it's immutable and there's nothing they can do to stop this and you know at the end of the day i i i kind of ignore this it's just i'm so desensitized to these these people these central bankers making these statements um to me it's it's typical but it's also just the the rumblings of of what's yet to come because they will make a push i don't know that it's going to happen soon but it's going to happen, and and that regulatory fud that comes from it um, will will weather the storm of it, um, and and Bitcoin will prevail because, like I said, like they can't do anything about it. Um, all uh, there, I don't think I don't even think that that she is nervous about Bitcoin. I think it's more of an arrogant perspective on Bitcoin. Very, very interesting. Um, but, well, they they will do something, and that's going to be the. Uh... The digital euro that probably will be rolled out and fed coin in the united states but hey let them compete i, I have no problem with them uh creating their uh their own digital currencies because uh, people don't have to use uh people will the 80 percenters will fall in line of course and, and use it but the, the option is out there bitcoin is out there so let us uh let's move on to another subject that involves uh lovely bureaucracy here and for me, it's it's good news that uh, the FinCEN extends comment period for controversial crypto wallet rule by 15 days. Uh, the, the Treasury wanted to regulate uh, under what's his what's his name? He's leaving. Uh, the guy in charge of the Treasury, Mnuchin. Mnuchin uh, proposed uh, these uh, wallet regulations, and now it's uh, it seems like they've been delayed. The the feedback period has been moved into the next administration. So it's theoretically possible that under the Biden administration, they'll just, they'll just forget about uh, these proposed rules. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, what, what do you guys think is, is about to happen with this? I think it, it's good news that it got delayed. Uh, Brandon? Yeah, uh, first, Mnuchin uh, is a D-bag for trying to push this through. So normally when they propose new rules like this, there's a 60-day comment period. And he said, we're going to do a 15-day comment period. It's going to be during Christmas and New Year's during a pandemic, uh, which is extremely offensive to the industry. And it makes his office look immature and pathetic, which they are. Uh, but this demonstrates that. And I'm optimistic to see the crypto Bitcoin extended the entire industry come out in full force here and leave uh, tens, I think it was over 10,000 comments. I don't know how big the number got, but a very large amount of people have extremely thoughtful critiques to this legislation. And by law, they're supposed to read them all. And I think they're supposed to give some sort of a response to each and, each and every one of those. And so they said, okay, we'll extend the, the comment period, which I don't know what that means. I hope it's tail between their legs and it'll get pushed into the Biden administration. Yeah, I hope, it, I hope the legislation just slips through the cracks because it's garbage legislation. All right, uh, Jim. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of any legislation personally. All it is is some human beings trying to tell other human beings how they're supposed to live. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. Brandon hit on it. This guy tried to push it through. He's got a personal agenda. It's hard to know how many people behind him uh, his adversaries within government uh, are on the same page or not. And so it's really, does anybody really care? If somebody cares, they'll pick up the ball, they'll run with it, they'll see how far they can get, and maybe something will happen. And if nobody cares, it'll die, and it will just disappear in the news cycle, and nothing will happen. So who knows? Um, somebody will always try to, you know, um, trip up Bitcoin or the industry, uh, you know, at some level. There's always going to be another guy, somebody in government somewhere, and this is just the latest. Who knows how, how much traction they'll get. Ultimately, the Bitcoin network will not be affected by it. What they'll simply do is they'll just make it harder for some citizens to interact with the Bitcoin network. But the network itself is totally irrelevant to words on paper that these people write. Uh, so, you know, I hope it goes nowhere. Uh, but then again, I hope all this legislation goes nowhere. So a beautiful point there. Beautiful point. All right, Pirate, your take. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, this is all just kind of the same the same thing, just another year. Um, and quite honestly, like there's a new administration coming in. And so for me, like that's a, I, I'm not that excited about this new administration, but I am, I am happy of the, the fact that, that Mnuchin and uh, I didn't like his, his policies. Uh, I didn't feel like he was a very Bitcoin friendly person, nor did I feel like the department of justice was very encryption friendly. So for me, like I, I try to like reserve my emotions. Um, I'll watch it play out. But again, it's just another another regulator, um, you know, doing what regulators do. And we're gonna we're gonna hear a lot more of this of different kinds and sorts. So uh, don't get too worried about it, people. I just thought I thought it was very odd that he tried to get this passed at the, when he's when he's on the way out. So I'm I'm glad it's gotten pushed out. And uh, but now we've got uh, people have also asked me, even though I made a video about it, what do I think about Gary Gensler being in charge of the SEC? Apparently, he said good things about Bitcoin before. You know, I, I wish it wasn't even an SEC at all. I, all these guys aren't going to be like super friendly toward Bitcoin. But from what I can tell, Gary Gensler is fine. Whatever. He's a bureaucrat. He's uh, they're all on some level. They all want to stick their fingers in places they shouldn't be in, in terms of, of money and cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and everything. He's going to try to interfere in some way, but I, I'm not too worried about it. Bitcoin, as Jim said, I mean, it, Bitcoin doesn't, doesn't care. But uh, do, do any of you have any insight on Gary Gensler that, I, that, that you want to spit out there real quick uh, before, before we move on? Any thoughts on him? being in charge of the sec doesn't really matter i heard i heard what you heard and and i i didn't this is secondhand information but that he is more crypto friendly than um and i i and i don't want to quote it exactly but like just hit the way that he looks at at bitcoin and quote unquote cryptocurrencies um was in a more positive light than mnuchin obviously with trying to to um pass through this last minute um this this last minute guideline so i mean to me like I'm just happy that the whoever's going to be handling it is knowledgeable about it and understands it because I don't feel like the last administration embraced it like it should have or it could have, which is ironic mm. being that the president is being deplatformed right now. <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed. You, you think, yeah, he, the, the president clearly uh, from his tweets didn't really understand what Bitcoin even was. And it seems to, uh, well, you know, they, they didn't try, it wasn't until the very end with Mnuchin did they really try to do something not so great to Bitcoin. They kind of left it alone. And I, I would hope that the Biden administration just leaves it alone. Uh, but but do, do you guys have any, anything to say about uh, Gensler, if, <laughs> if there is anything to say about him? Uh, all right. All right. So let's uh, let we're at the end of the show right now. So I want everybody to give their uh, conclusionary remarks. We might get cut off. So don't worry if we get cut off for a second. We'll, we'll, we'll get you back on. Uh, Jim, any stories that uh, were left out? Uh, tell us what you're doing uh, and just uh, what's going on. Uh, wow. Uh, working hard, um, trying to reduce my attack surface, selling as much needless crap in my life and turning it into sats. Um, trying to red pill, orange pill as many people as I can every day. Um, yeah, just loving, loving life. Actually, you know, considering how crazy last year was, I can't complain. Uh, I'm healthier than I was. I surf more than I used to. Uh, Bitcoin's value went up, so my net worth went up. Uh, you know, a lot of good things have happened. I think that's going to continue, so I'm very happy about that. Uh, I have taken to writing. Uh, I wrote a couple of pieces recently, and I'm working on a really deep one that uh, hopefully Brandon will appreciate because it gets into a little metaphysical stuff. Uh, just tying Bitcoin into the way I see how it fits into the world, so looking forward to getting some feedback on that and uh, keep handing out those business cards to everybody and anybody who'll take them and trying to get everybody to understand this is a revolution. Everybody needs to pay attention. Don't get left behind. You're going to regret it. You really are going to regret it. If you hear my voice right now and you don't understand Bitcoin and you ignore learning about it, you're going to regret it. In, in motion. This dude is in motion. All the guests are in motion. They're all linked to below. If you're watching this in 2024 as a no coiner, yeah, you're, you're regretting things right now, dude. Hello, we're happy. 2020 was great for us. All right, and 2021 will be even better. So let's uh, let's move the pirate here. And you might get cut off here again, but just keep on talking. What are you up to? You're 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 a publisher. You've written some great things in the past. How does it feel it on? Yeah, I mean, my I'm working on my new startup. Um, it's about two years old. Um, no, it's, I'm talking. I'm a dad now, so that's my that's my major focus is my daughter. Um, and then I I do write for. Um, 
I write for uh, Citadel 21, um, and I, I really enjoy just interviewing people and picking their brains about Bitcoin, as well as just uh, having friends like you and, and everybody on this panel. Like you guys are the ones that keep me coming back every day and, and keeping uh, my brain sharp uh, talking and learning about Bitcoin. All right. Well, he's linked to below. He is in motion. You made a great debut today, and it was great to, to meet you this way. All right. Now, Brandon, we're going we're gonna to let you have the final word, word here. I want you to talk about your fourth turning thing real quick, because that's that's been out there lately. Um, that, that's been getting popularized, your, your talks about that. So uh, take it away. Say what you want to say, anything, uh, what you're up to and uh, anything that was left off for fourth turning. Take it away. Yeah. So first, I want to comment on the surf conversation. I'm also a surfer. However, I'm currently living in Minnesota and all our lakes are frozen except for Lake Superior. So technically, I can put on a, a thick suit and, uh, you know, have my beard be frozen and surf on the Great Lakes. But come on. There we go. Keep going. Okay, so yeah, I'm jealous of you guys surfing, um, again, stuck up in Minnesota. Uh, thankfully, I'll be heading down to Baja, Mexico, and or Puerto Escondido in Oaxaca um, in February and March, so I'll be able to catch some waves. Um, to your point, Adam, uh, regarding the fourth tourney, yeah, I published a, about a 10,000-word essay on my personal website, brandedquidum.com, and I just explored a book called The Fourth Turning and how that relates to Bitcoin. And the thesis is essentially that every 90 years, humanity tears down our institutions, like think politics, think business, think financial system, and we rebuild them. And that's happened roughly every 80 to 90 years over the last 500. And so, yeah, life uh, goes in cycles. I examine what these cycles are, sort of looking at the thesis, and then we look backwards to see what can we learn about history, and then how can we project that forward to today. And we're right in the middle of one of those endpoints of the cycle. And so over the next 10 years, I predict massive change. And I would say 2020 was sort of like the beginning ramp towards the peak of this period. So I think we're actually going to, it's going to increase for maybe two to five more years, we're going to come to some sort of a, a conclusion there, and then we'll sort of rebuild the exterior world while the clay is wet, so to speak. Um, you can go to brandingquitum.com or Google Bitcoin and the rhythms of history, and you can find that. Um, in terms of some words, I would say um, go help your new coiners. Like it, it's kind of it's kind of a hard job, and it's time consuming, and all those things. But I do encourage all the Bitcoiners to do that. It's, I feel like it's our duty. And, you know, especially the people you care about, you don't have to go find any random people off the street, but save your friends and family, get them on the ark. And to your haters, just remind them to buy Ripple coin because uh, Ripple coin's the standard. Uh, <laughs> just kidding about that, but seriously, you could. Uh, come say hello on Twitter uh, if any of this resonated. Be quitum. And uh, lastly, I do work for a company called Swan. I'm very proud to work there. I think it's the best place to buy Bitcoin in the U.S., um, it's Bitcoin only. It's extremely easy to use. I think our new onboarding flow is the fastest way to go from zero to Bitcoin. You can you can buy a Bitcoin in five minutes from very beginning to end. Um, and yeah, we, we offer automatic recurring purchases. So you can do DCA automatically withdrawing from your bank from daily, weekly or monthly. We also have instant buys through ACH and you can do wire transfers. We have the lowest fees for these services. And you can sign up at swanbitcoin.com slash quitum. And if you do that, you'll get $10 in free Bitcoin, Bitcoin for signing up. And lastly, we're also giving away Jan Pritzker's book, Inventing Bitcoin, which is a fantastic book. And it's free at swanbitcoin.com slash free book. And uh, that's right. all for me. I really appreciate you guys having me and great hanging with the people I haven't spoke with. Hey, Adam. Uh, yes. Can I uh, tie the surfing thing back together with one last thing? So you got three surfers on the uh, on the podcast today, and uh, Brandon might not re might not know that I'm involved for the last five years with a good friend of mine since high school and his son working on the Long Island Surf Park. And I expect a lot of my Bitcoin friends are going to come and learn to surf in our surf park once it's built, hopefully in about a year, including yourself, Adam, because I'm not sure that you're a surfer, but you're very fit. You can do it. And us guys will get in the pool with you and you'll get the surf stoke that we're all used to. You'll love it, dude. It's dude, dude, awesome. I know I know about the ocean out there. I've been to Wildwood, New Jersey in my youth, Wildwood Crest, New Jersey. I never surfed, but I, I, I like that cold Atlantic Ocean. Now, will I step foot into New York or New Jersey anytime soon? Eh, 
who knows what the next year is going to be. I don't blame you. I don't blame you on that part. It's just it's going to be here. If you ever find your way to this area, I'll take you to the surf park. You can get a free surf lesson on me. And you'll stand up on your first day because we can control the wave perfectly. So it's going to be good. Okay, but it seems like there are a lot of surfers in, in the Bitcoin community. I've encountered quite 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 a few. It's something going on. Something go, something's in the air. All right, dudes. Very very good way to end the show. In motion. Uh, I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Remember, every Friday I bring you the best freaking guest in the space. Next Friday we're gonna have some uh, a new dude on. I know that we had a new one on this week too. So everybody, you get. Come to DisruptMeister.com. Follow me on Twitter at TechBall, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T. You know it, baby. All shows all the time here uh, beyond Bitcoin. Who knows what you're going to get. Tomorrow, Saturday night, we got a very special guest on. A relative of mine is going to be on the show with me uh, tomorrow night for the first time ever. So Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Pound that like button. See you real soon. Thank you, guests. Everybody rock. I'm out of here. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. All right, let me uh, let me end it here. Hang on.